0: I felt like I was underwater and I wasn't coming up for air. You know, growing up, my dad um, always showed signs, like he was an alcoholic and as years went by, they just kept getting worse and worse. And uh, I guess around high school, we saw that it was becoming a problem with everyday life. You know, he was missing work, breaking relationships with important people in our lives and, you know, resorting to any means to just get that fix, you know, for his alcohol. So um, eventually we ended up confronting him about it and he kind of just said that we were very, very wrong and he didn't have an issue. And, you know, the next day just picked up his things and just left and really never came back. So it just started building anxieties and, insecurities within my heart, like, why couldn't my dad choose our family over the alcohol? Or, um, you know, was I worthy of love? If my dad couldn't pick me, why would anybody love me? So, you know, this just kind of followed on into uh, my adult life. And my walls were so high that, you know, I was pushing away the people that really loved me and really cared, which was my husband, sometimes my kids, you know, cause I would get so wrapped up in my worries. And I just, I couldn't stay focused on the things that really mattered. It's just very overwhelming. Uh, physically, it would manifest itself in like stomach problems and hyperventilating and, you know, the sweaty palms the nausea, um, just a real ugly feeling. And it would get to the points where I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat, or I was up all night, just cleaning, organizing. I would just get really overwhelmed and I would start crying. And I didn't know why I was crying. I couldn't control it. I would just keep going and going. And, you know, my husband would look at me and say, what's wrong? And I I would say, I don't know. I, I just feel hopeless. I had gotten to the point where anxiety and worry had completely consumed my everyday life.
1: Jessica's story is one that is true. I'm so grateful that she was willing to share it with us. Because sometimes in the body of Christ, we forget that we are a body of real people. And real people face real problems. And there are times when our problems could push us into places where anxiety can arrest us to a degree that it's all we see. It's all that surrounds us when the pressures of life become so overwhelming that you too feel like you're in over your head. And everywhere you turn, you see that issue. And here is the truth that that the feeling of anxiety, being overwhelmed, the the weight of worry, is not limited to just a certain strata of life or a certain age and stage. But the truth is that no matter where you are, at all ages of life, you can come face to face with overwhelming worry, overwhelming anxiety. You could you could be a parent who's concerned for a child and find it overwhelming. You could be a child who have parental problems and find that overwhelming. You could be in school and and you anxiety builds as you consider the expectations and and meeting the grades and and making the, the social connections, everybody can come face to face with anxiety. Everybody is susceptible, Anthony, for feeling the weight of worry. And if you're here today, I want you to know based on Jessica's testimony that you're not by yourself. If you're listening online, I want you to hear because God has a message just for you. He wants you to hear his heart as it relates to what has been bearing you down. And here it is, is that God never intended for his children to live under the weight of worry. God does not desire, he does not purpose for you to be arrested by anxiety, And so in his word, Vern, I like what you said earlier, Pastor George, God gives us a remedy for anxiety. He knew we would face it. He knew time and time again that there are pressures in life that we could not handle on our own. And hear it. We can't handle it on our own. And God never intends for us to handle it on our own. Own, at times we have to see that when that part of our lives, the, the, the light bulbs on the dashboard of our lives begin to come on and, and scream out, and you see anxiety is pushing up against you, that that's a time where you turn your attention not to your problem, but to the one who can solve them. Amen. You, you, you heard it read. As we direct our attention to that letter in the Bible that we call Philippians, that letter that the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write to believers in Philippi. And if you ever read that letter, you'll see how there's a familiar refrain through and through again throughout the letter. In chapter 1, he says that I will rejoice. In chapter 2, Paul says, rejoice with me. In chapter 3, he says, rejoice with me. So now we're in chapter 4, verse 4, and you see it again. I'm good to see you in the house. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Saints of God, if we're going to overcome anxiety, if we're going to live the life that God has intended for us to live, and if you feel right now that you're faced with anxiety, I want you to know that God has a special word in store for you. You can recover from anxiety because here's what we know. Worry does not work. Has worry ever worked for you? Has has worry ever gotten it done? No, worry does not work. And so what we're being called to as we see the word of God is to work on not worrying. And just in case you think you're by yourself, as we go into rejoicing in the Lord, just can we be transparent in the body of Christ? People often ask me about uh, Champion Forest, Jersey Village, they ask me about Champion Forest, and I always, I, I describe us this way. I say we're real people serving a real God. Yes. And, 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 and we learn from each other and grow from each other. Uh, and Tom and Ken, it's good to see you all, because every now and then we need to see and witness with each other that, you know what, sometimes I too find myself face-to-face, with worry. Anybody in here besides me ever found themselves face to face with worry, weighed down with worry? That that's your reality. And you could even come to church under the weight of of worry. You can come in the setting of worship and be overwhelmed with anxiety. And look at what the apostle writes right there in verse 4. You find yourself in this place. Look at the first thing he says. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. always. Yeah. Mm. And again, I say rejoice. Notice he no, says there. No matter what the situation is, because he says, rejoice in the Lord how? Always. always. If we're going to make it over anxiety, there are certain things that we need to put into practice, a regular practice. And that is if we're gonna work on it, James, we need to work on one being joyful. Somebody say, being joyful. In fact, I'm just going to just go and give all three to you here. If we're going to overcome anxiety, if we're going to grow to be the people and live the life that God has called us to live, we must be joyful. Say, be joyful. Be joyful. We must be prayerful. Say, be prayerful. be prayerful. And we must be mindful. Say, be mindful. be mindful. And just in case somebody didn't get it, I want you to get it again. Just say it with me. Be joyful, be, joyful. be, prayerful, be prayerful, and be mindful. This is how we're able to overcome our anxiety. It's right there in the word of God. Because the first thing he writes in verse 4 for us to realize, he says, rejoice in the Lord. That's a place of position. He says for us to rejoice, to experience joy again, to go back To that first time you were with the Lord and you felt your burdens lifted and you felt uh, that the weight of life being taken from you when you knew you were loved and you were forgiven. He says, go back to that place and experience it all over again. I got to help somebody for a moment here. Uh, have you ever been there where you had one of those flashbacks where you were you you, you were you were walking in the mall and all of a sudden a, a certain fragrance came on you and you had a, you had a flashback? I don't know, none of y'all ever had that kind of flashback. It, you ever walk by walk by a place and you smell it because you felt it smelled just like grandma's cooking. You just you just smelled it. Somebody cooking biscuits in here. You you had a you had a flashback? I'm in Texas. Okay, here it is. You ever was in the backyard and all of a sudden you weren't barbecuing but you start to smell something in the air. <laughs> And and, and 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 it created something within you uh, it, it created a desire within you that, that, that you couldn't hide anymore you start telling people yeah, somebody barbecuing some, some, <laughs> somebody something happening here well here's what he's telling us is that when you find yourself in a place where where anxiety is real and you're looking for an answer he he calls us back to remember exactly where we are as children of God I really want you to get this for he says rejoice this word caro speaks not only of an outward expression of joy. It speaks of a chosen behavior. I hope you get this. That it's not just I'm feeling a feeling of happiness or in a state of ongoing joy, but is that if I have a choice to make, instead of choosing to be down, I choose to be joyful because I realize where I am. Uh, I don't think you understand it. It's in text. Well, he says rejoice where? In the Lord, He says, and again, I tell you, because sometimes, Dr. Al, you know, being an educator, that, uh, is, that you need to repeat things because there's a tendency for our joy to leak. Okay, you're looking at me like you don't understand this thing. Have you ever been there? You ever started out with a good day? And by the time you left the parking lot, your good day turned into a... Not so good day. It, joy has a tendency to leak. And I think about a young boy, when I see my nephew there, I, I think about a time where, where we were, were riding in the car. I didn't ask you, bro, but I'm going to say it about you anyway. Uh, he was riding the car with me, and we were, we were coming from Louisiana, going into Texas, and it was storming. Pastor George, I don't want to forget this. It was storming. Uh, and he had these little figurines he was playing with, uh, and he said, he said something along the lines of, "Uncle okay, Avery, the, the, the weather's bad, huh? I said, yeah, man, and you know it's bad when I slow down and I lean up to look through the windshield. That, that's how it was. That's how it was. I'm leaning up to look through the windshield uh, and, and I'm driving in, in the windshield and, and looking in the windshield. He's riding, but he's not too concerned about it. He just says, as he's playing, the weather's bad. Huh? I said, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, weather's, the weather's bad. Uh, he says, it's a good thing we're in here. I'm just trying to help you understand something. Because sometimes in our lives, we forget where we are. We forget the position that we have in Jesus Christ. We forget that when you come to Christ and he's a savior of your life, that that puts you in the family of God. And when you're in the family of God, there is always a reason to celebrate. I got some of you, or well, I know some, some people around, they act like oh, all of a sudden we get too excited up in here. Well, that's your problem. That's not my problem. Because my problem is not the fact that, that, that I, I, I don't get excited enough because when you consider where God has taken you from, brought you over, when you consider all that God has done in your life, that when you were not looking for Him, He was still keeping you, and when you were not faithful to Him, He was still faithful to you, and when you were not trying to do anything to please Him, He was still had a purpose for your life, and He didn't give up on you. When you didn't give up on Him, that, that's where you are. You're in Christ Jesus, and that ought to cause you to rejoice, to experience joy again. It doesn't matter how bad the day is. God is still good. And if God is still good, there's some good in your day. I'm just trying to help you understand something here. That's why you hear me say oftentimes, this is the day the Lord has made. We ought to rejoice rejoice and be and be. We can say it, but we got to choose to live it. And here's the reality, there's always going to be those trials and troubles in life that will try to steal your joy and take your joy from you. But it's important that even as we approach those moments in our lives, that we rejoice in God's goodness. Has God been good? You can't ask for nobody else but yourself. Has God been good to you? You ever find yourself at school, didn't know how you were going to make it out, and God still showed up on your behalf? Have you ever been there before where you were looking, didn't know how you were going to make two ends meet, and God made the end meet before you got to the end? Have you ever seen God's goodness? Look what he says. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. You don't take a break in it. You you, you have a choice every day. Will I choose to see God or will I choose to see my problems as my God? Every day you have a choice. You ought to choose to rejoice. But look what he says. He says rejoice in the Lord because that's your position he says, again, I say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness, uh, let, 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 let your behavior, let your compassion, let your, sometimes they say your gentleness be known to all. Hear it, the Lord is at hand. And he says, the Lord is near. Ah, you're missing it because sometimes there's a disconnect between what we say we believe and how we behave. Sometimes we can come in worship and we can lift our hands and say, I'm going to see a victory and, and sing a victory and then sing it and then live defeated. Because there's a disconnect between what we say we believe and how we behave. And that disconnect needs to be, be, be reapplied because when you get in Christ, then you realize and you remember some things about Christ. Like when he told the disciples when he was about to go, he says, now know something, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. That ought to change how you behave when you realize not only am I in Christ, but Christ is with me. Look what he says, the Lord is at hand. That means God is here. That means God is near you. That means God is with you, which means whatever you go through, whatever struggle it may be, God wants you to remember as a child of God that your God will not forsake you. Do you see it there? It says the Lord is... Is at hand. He's he's near. Psalm thirty four eighteen says, "The Lord is near the broken heart, and He saves those with a crushed spirit." Psalm seventy five and one. We give thanks to You, O God. We give thanks to Your name is near. We recount Your wondrous deeds. I like Second Corinthians third chapter seventeen verse. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I'm trying to help you understand something. That when you understand who you are in Christ, when you understand that God is with you wherever you are, as you are in Christ, then you have a reason to rejoice. Uh, Any any, any parents in here? Uh, Any any parents of of young kids? You know, young kids. Young kids is any kid that is your dependent. (laughs) That's what that is. I I remind mine often, they know, know. Uh, you might be turning 15, but you're still on my tax return, so know? <laughs> uh, but, but here it is. Here it is, uh, you can learn some things about, about your walk and your faith with God if you just observe your experiences. And John, I know you know this with, with your children. Uh, I will never forget. I'm, I may have told you this before, as you consider that the Lord is near, and that, that you can reflect on his goodness and his nearness. I, I will never forget that, that there we were a few, a few years ago. We, we went to that, that place, that place you know that, that all Christians go to from time to time called Disney World. You ought, to, you ought to go there sometime, test your fate on some of the roller coasters that you ride on. But anyway, uh so but but, but I gotta warn you, if you ever been, if you ever, if you haven't been there, I have to warn you that something strange after every ride at Disney World, they all we stop you off at the gift shop I, I don't understand that you, you you get off the ride and no matter every ride you end up in don't act like you've never been there I saw the pictures I watched you on Facebook you, you end up in the gift shop I, I want to forget it here, here it was um we in the gift shop, and, and my boys are looking around I mean, I told you this my boys are looking around Anthony and they, they pulling out their money they count their change one was like, yeah, I can get this because I, I got $10. The other one was like, yeah, yeah, I can get this. I got $7. And the one that spent all his money, he said, well, well I got about $1.50. I think I can get They're like, "Nah, you can't get nothing. And then, and then they turned to the girl and she wasn't saying nothing. Uh, she, she wasn't saying how much she had. She just grabbed my hand. She said, well, I got daddy. I'm trying to help you understand something. When when, when God is near you and you know that you have God with you no matter what you go through, I don't know who I'm speaking to, I don't know who's listening right now, but wherever you are, God's got you. And I really want you to understand this because as we're facing anxiety, sometimes what anxiety will do will cause us to question whether or not God will still be faithful to you. When you start to feel the, the weight of worry, what it's really saying is in our, in our minds, in our hearts, that we, we had a place where we have to choose. Will, will I succumb to the worry or will I trust God with what I have no control over? Because worry don't work. So we gotta work on not worrying. First way we do that is being, being joyful, but he doesn't stop there. He then says we ought to, Lori, be prayerful. It's right there in text. For, for if, if you read it, he says, Rejoice not always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to all that the Lord is near or the Lord is at hand. Then here's the command. Be anxious for nothing. You see it there? Be, be, be worried about nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known To God. Look what he says. He says to the believers who are listening, those believing now, those who are listening right now, God says in his word, listen, when you know God is your God, when you're in Christ Jesus, then there's really no reason for you to worry. He doesn't say that you won't be tempted to worry, he doesn't say that you won't naturally have a proclivity to want to worry. He says that you have to Check your worry. Check. I got some young folk in here. You understand what I mean? I mean, you have have to tell your worry that I'm not dealing with you today. You you have to look at worry and say, no, you're not on my agenda. You're not on my calendar. Not today. Why? Because God's got me on this day. And sometimes you got to say it moment by moment. Sometimes you got to say it at, at each and every issue. I'm not going to worry about that. They're not gonna worry, worry. This word he uses a word that, that that speaks of being torn apart. It, it's, it's being being pulled asunder, where, where where you can't get a grip on anything because what, what seems to be happening to you seems to be, be tearing you from your heart, seems to be, be messing up your sleep and messing up your digestive system. Anybody ever worried before? Where, where you, you couldn't even eat right and you couldn't even move right? Why? Because you're overly consumed. He says to the believers, don't do that. Well, that's easy to say, huh? You got to live my life to be able to tell me not, not to worry. But he gives you something to do instead. Do you see it there? He says, pray. Uh, he says, don't be anxious, but in everything, Pray. Pray. this this word for prayer I love doing word studies this word for prayer is not our usual word for prayer it's not the the word that you use to to, to ask God oh God I need you to do this and and I need you to do that no no if you really look at the word here where he says rejoice in the Lord then he says don't be anxious for anything but in everything pray it speaks to a posture of prayer get this that when you know God is always with you when you know God is, is near you then whatever happens to you. You have an accessible God who is with you. And he says that in that moment, wherever you are, you can set up a sacred space that you can commune with him. Pray. This word here pray is the word they use to describe Jews when they couldn't get to the synagogue. Get this. They couldn't get to the synagogue and so since they couldn't get to the synagogue no matter where they were, they had the ability to set up their own personal synagogue and connect with God. You're not with me just yet here. IJ, come on up here, man. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here, here IJ. Give my nephew a hand because he's nervous. He don't know. Come, on. Come don't worry, son. Don't, don't, don't worry. That's what it means. Don't, don't worry. Here it is. Here it is. This is my nephew, I.J. He came all the way from Louisiana. He didn't even know he was going to be in the sermon. He was riding with me that time when the storm was going on. I.J., um, now the text says, the text says, um, do they look scary? They don't look scary. You're not worried at all, huh? Why are you not worried? Because I know God I got my hand. Did you all hear that? He said, because I know God's got my hand. Mm, He said, I'm not worried because I know God's got my hand. Now, here it is. This is us in life as we are living life. And when you know God's got your hand, that means you're connected to God. And if you're connected to God, everywhere you go is where God is. And if God is with you everywhere you go, whenever you get to something that is bigger than you, he says you ought to pray. I love this. Everywhere you go. So if you go from the church, is God still with you? If you leave the worship setting, is God still with you? If you're on your way to work, where well, you got those co-workers that are high on haterade, is God still don't look at him right now. Is God still with you? If you're going in the classroom and you're going to study um, and you, you have to deal with a cranky teacher. I know they got some. That's all right. Uh, pray for them. Pray for them. Huh? Uh, is God still with you? Yeah. Here it is. My nephew just said, he said, I'm not worried because God's got my hand. You can learn from young people because here's the reality. God says in everything, you can set up a prayer posture wherever you are because you know that God's got your hand. Thank you, man. I appreciate that, bro. He says, he, says, he says, pray about everything, right? He said everything, pray with supplication. And this is when I'm asking God. You're asking God for what he can do in your life. It's not that God doesn't know. God already knows. But he says, you pray with supplication and, you got the word, don't you? And thanksgiving. Because when you realize When when you're facing something that, that will create overwhelming worry in your life and you put that in the presence of your God, then you come to realize that not only are you in his hand, but as you're asking him to do something about what you're going through, you have the assurance based on what he's already done for you. I'm right there to text you all, is that when, when you realize that God is with you, as you go through life, when you're going through life, then you're able to communicate with God about what you're going through and be thankful, one, that you can communicate with him about it. But here's the other thing, that he has enough track record with you to show you that whatever you're going through, he has the power to get you through. Amen. Uh, come here, come here. Good. Because there's never been a, a problem greater than God. There has never been a situation greater than God. And so when you turn your attention to the God who is greater than any and everything, you can be thankful even while you're going through what you're going through. Uh, I think it was Helen Keller who who wrote in her memoir that said uh, that she was concerned about having shoes until she saw a man who had no feet when you start to realize that God has been good to you, that God has been providing for you, that God has been God over your life, then you can be thankful even though you're going through the problems and the pressures of life. That's why every now and then when you're going through something when you could one of the best things to do is go visit the hospital go visit the nursing home and when you go to those places you realize something you'll see people who are not at their best but they still got joy in their hearts you'll see people smiling and grateful to see you why because there's always a reason to be thankful and I don't know who I'm speaking to I don't know where you are in life I know sometimes Satan will have us believe that everything that's happening in our life is down and depressed but the reality is if you're still here it's a testimony that God has got you and if God's got you, you have a reason to be grateful. He says with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving make your requests known to God. And the peace of God which King NIV says, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So as you reflect on God's nearness, you're, you're, you're being joyful, you're, you're being prayerful. Here's, here's the reality and you also have to be truthful. Truthful with yourself, because sometimes we all have a default to worry. And when you know that is your default to worry, you want to put in position some prayer postures. That in your car, you have a prayer already. That if you know you have a problem when people cut you off and it frustrates you. Or you have a problem when when you're not on time and it begins to cause anxiety within you. You need to put a, a, prayer, a, prayer, a prayer reminder there that says be still and know that I am. Can I tell you all the truth, Shannon? I, 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 you know, I, I was studying. I was studying late. I was here uh, at the church and office, and, and, I, and I knew I knew there was going to be an issue because uh, on my way coming here, right there on, on, on Lake, Lakeview and, uh, um, and Elmwood, right there, right there at the bridge. If you ever travel that way, hear me out. If you ever travel that way, Lake, Lakeview um, and the bridge in Elmwood, uh, there's some construction going on there, George. Now this construction been going on for over a month. It's been going on, it's been there. But because I have a default when I leave the office, I travel a certain way, I forgot that that construction was going on. I knew that it was there, but I forgot how I would normally respond to that construction that was going on. And so I'm driving and 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 I got somewhere to go but I turned the wrong way and I'm de- I'm stopped at the construction that is there and the guy with the flag apparently he don't know who I am because <laughs> literally he had to, to stop and I'm like no I need to I need to go but he just had to stop and I'm looking like nothing else is going on. Why am I? Don't don't judge me. Don't 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 judge me. Don't don't. Why is it that that I'm I'm the only one here? And 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 the Holy Spirit tapped me on the shoulder and said, You knew this construction was happening. I said, Yeah, 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 I, 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 yeah, yeah, I know, but, but 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 I don't see any activity. He says, just because you don't see the work going on doesn't mean work's not going on. And sometimes God will bring you to that place where you're praying and you're, you're, you're coming, you're, you're trying to be prayerful and, and you're trying to be joyful, but you don't see the work that's going on. But sometimes God wants to get you a place where it's like you're focusing on the wrong thing. You just need to Stop! Come here, I'm trying to get you somewhere. I, I stopped there, Pastor George. Now, I stopped looking at the guy because there's some anxiety that was building up on the inside of me. I'm not going to tell you some words that I thought that I forgot, but anyway, um, uh, there, there I was, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there were some birds that were seated. There, there was, I said seated, they, seated. Uh, there were some birds that landed right by the car, and they were they were nibbling at something on the roadway. I'm stopped, and I'm looking at the birds. I see the man say, stop, I want to go, but God parked me on the side just for a moment and reminded me that you ought not to Worry, you not have anxiety. Why? Because if God could take care of birds on the side of the road, then He could take care of His children who get their lives and depend on Him. I think that's what Jessica realizes in her testimony. Let's go back and visit with her as she shares with us how God brought her out of her anxiety.
0: You know, my mind would. Just- play all these scenarios that weren't happening, but to me felt very real, you know. I had to go back to my apartment and see, make sure that it wasn't burnt down, because in my mind, it was like, you need to go check, you left the irons on, you left the stove on, you know. When you get home, your apartment's gonna be burnt down and there's gonna be nothing left. And then I remember coming to work one day and just feeling like I had to run. And I saw my supervisor at the time and. You know, I remember just seeing her and I could barely talk, but I just remember breaking down and telling her, I can't do this anymore. And she was like, what are you you talking about, you know? And so I kind of tried to explain the best that I could what I was feeling. And um, I was at the point where I didn't see value in my life. And I felt like my only out was just to not be here anymore. So she brought me to the care and counseling team that we have here at Champion Forest. And I was so, so, so in denial about needing help. I was like, no way, like, I don't need help. Um, What are you talking about? Like, I can do this on my own. And he goes, no, I think you really do need help. And I did need help. I needed medical help, but the biggest help that I needed was kind of just to let God break down all these walls that I had built up throughout the years. Once I started, you know, getting the calls from our council team, just praying, you know, I started to realize like, you know, there was hope. I mean, I have friends and just people that'll ask me, how did you overcome this anxiety? And honestly, it took a lot of being on my knees and just praying, crying, you know, feeling the hurt and just allowing him to come in and put the pieces back together.
1: God can do that. Only God does that. He's calling us to release anxiety, to embrace fully His, His faithfulness. And in so we can, we can be joyful and we can be prayerful, so that we can have a testimony that can help others understand. What God is able to do. I invite you to stand all over the building if you can. The latter part of our passage speaks to where our focus should be. See, Jessica didn't deny that she needed to be where God was. And she realized through surrender that God was able to put all the pieces what His peace is all about, that He's able to give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. He's able to guard your heart and to guard your minds in Christ. Y'all, I want to invite you to fill this place with prayer because God wants to set someone free from anxiety. He wants to set someone free from worry. And I want to ask our prayer partners to come forth because God wants you to experience victory. Victory over worry, victory over concern, victory over what's been keeping you back. God wants you to know his peace so that when you look at life, you look at it differently because you know that you have a God who loves you, loves you enough to let you be in his family, the body of Christ. And when you make that decision to be, to accept Jesus Christ as your savior, you're in God's family and God is with you. He's holding you. He has your hand. And he says, wherever you are, pray to me. Don't be anxious, pray. I heard somebody once say, if you're gonna pray, don't worry. If you're gonna worry, don't pray. I think that's incorrect. I think if you're gonna pray, you pray. And if you worried, you pray until you stop worrying. And that's what I want to invite you to do right now. Because somebody, your, your family is being threatened, your, your home, your, your job might be uh, at a place where, where you're uncertain. God wants you to release that to Him today and trust Him. The question is, will you trust Him? Will you trust Him that you might see victory? Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.